welcome to the Puzzle of Us podcast. I'm Chelsea Peterson, your host from Cash Valley Counseling. And again, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, or getting close to, depending on when you are listening to this. And uh, it's a great day, time. Some people have a love-hate relationship with Valentine's Day. Some people loathe it. Some people love it. And uh, whether you're whatever side of the coin you live on, we're going to talk about ways that you might be able to celebrate today, whether you're in a committed relationship or if it's just you by yourself, some things that you can do. So the podcast is going to be structured a little bit like this today. We're going to talk about some of the the things that you can do between you and your partner, kind of give you some ideas to kind of spice it up a little and, and, and ways that you might be able to celebrate. Um, then we're going to talk about also some tips if you are, if you don't have a committed partner, um, what you might be able to do to just get through the holiday season, get through this holiday. Um, and uh, then we're going to talk about the whys of this. Why do we celebrate Valentine's Day? Why is it important? Not even why do we, why is it important to celebrate Valentine's Day specifically, but what are the good things that happen on those days that really can make and strengthen your relationship? So first we're going to start with a couple just tips, tricks, things to do, things to try. Um, of course, if you're in a committed relationship, the first thing that you can try is the traditional, we're going to go to dinner, maybe dinner in a movie. Um, we're going to go on a date somewhere. Um, if you have been on, been to dinner and that's your thing, I would encourage you to spice it up. Maybe you stay home and maybe you have that, you know, think Lady in the Tramp spaghetti dinner, candlelight, romantic picnic in the, in the middle of your living room um, that just mixes it up just a little bit. That every person feels, wants to feel wanted, wants to feel like they belong, wants to feel needed and desired. And part of that is why we celebrate Valentine's Day or how Valentine's Day can be celebrated. And so if you usually go to dinner, if that's a typical move that you do, do something different. If you don't usually go to dinner, you don't go out on a date, make it a priority to go out on a date, spend some time together. Um, again, date, date and movie night. Um, there can also be, you know, we go for a couple's massage. Uh, you can go do something fun together like hatchet throwing or go to the archery range and shoot some bows or go to a shooting range and shoot some guns or uh, go skiing or right now it's winter in Utah so skiing sounds great but if you don't if that's if you're somewhere warm where there's not skiing go somewhere and do something that you enjoy go for a hike get out um, go swimming do something that is fun for for the two of you and for your relationship Another thing I like to encourage couples to do, particularly on Valentine's Day, is to just kind of remember your first date. Remember why you fell in love. Talk to your partner about, reminisce about a funny experience or a fun date that you had, or you know that moment where you might have thought, hmm, you might be the one. Uh, if that happened for you, if that didn't happen for you, what, what attracted you? What made you say yes? What made you continue to take those next steps? So I love it when couples tell me that they've spent the, the evening together talking about the history of their relationship. You know, you can make a, um, a kind of a, a picture book. You can look back through, one of, right now one of my kids' favorite things is to look through old pictures on my phone and uh, you know, we go back even a year and we look at how the kids have changed 
and look at, oh, look how cute they were, look what they were doing, or oh, he's wearing his shirt now, and you know, all of those things. And it's so important to do that for your relationship as well. You know, 10 years ago, this is what our relationship looked like. We were in the middle of school. We were had just bought our first house. We just had our last kid. We just launched our last child out of the house. Wherever you are in your relationship, it's really important to take those inventories of like, look at how far we've come. Look at the journey we have been on together and look at what, what we've lived. Look at the life that we've lived. Um, sometimes going through pictures can be helpful, you know, while you're out at dinner or even after dinner or before dinner, or again, maybe dinner isn't even involved, but sitting down and even taking a look at, you know, the journey that you've had together. Uh, no matter how long that journey has been, maybe it's only been a couple months. Maybe you talk about the first time that you saw each other walking down the hall or the first class that you were in together or whatever. However you end up meeting or mutual friends or remember when I swiped right and remember the first text we had and whatever it is, um, share your story. Go back, reminisce, laugh together um, and really look at, at the strengths that you've created um, and, and where you're at in your relationship. It really is helpful for couples to be able to do that creates kind of a bonding and strengthening experience. Um, like I said, some other options is to, to go out somewhere, have fun together, um, go get a couple's massage, go uh, bowling together, do something, something fun. Another uh, kind of something that might be interesting to you, um, you may or may not have heard of the, the couple's challenge, and uh, it's a really cool book that has lots of like pre-planned dates in it and uh, you could even give this if you don't have it you could gift this to your significant other as a way to spend time together they have lots of fun things in them they're pretty easy most of them don't require a lot of, of effort um, or a lot of planning but it's it's kind of a cool book where you um, there's again there's like ideas already in there and they're scratch-offs so you scratch off the idea and it reveals like the the rules for the game or the what what you're doing, the, what the date entails. Um, for example, one of them that is bowling. And when you go bowling, you can go by yourselves or you can go with a couple. Usually you take a, a friend, a couple friend with you and that you all go bowling and no one can bowl a normal bowl. Everybody has to bowl in a new creative way. And it just, little things like that that can force your relationship or not force, but encourage your relationship to be fun, be playful, um, and playing together and, and doing something different. And so that adventure book, the Advent Couples Adventure Challenge book, I, I really recommend. Um, they have one for families as well, but the, the couples one is really helpful and just kind of takes the guesswork out of it and keeps it creative. It's a great way to kind of freshen it up, liven it up. Um, and then it has a little space for journaling what you did. Uh, you can take a picture and put it in there and things like that as well. So it can become kind of like we were talking about that journey and, and uh, how looking back and going through stuff, it can be that for you when you get to the end and all of your activities are done. So certainly look into to doing something like that. Something else I like to encourage couples to do together is dress up nice. How often do we, you know, oh, it's just, we're just going out on a date. I'll just put on some jeans and a t-shirt and I'll get out of my sweats, right? Or oh, I'll just throw what I always throw on. But I would encourage you to like dress up in your finest clothes 
and go to the finest restaurant or have the finest meal you can cook up or create in your kitchen. But do it in a way that seems kind of fancy, out of the ordinary. Um, it just, again, is a way for couples to play together, a way for couples to engage together and, and do something different that they, they may not have done in the first place. Um, speaking a little bit traditionally, there's always ways that you can send cards, um, you can celebrate with treats or you know sweets. There's walk down a while aisle of Walmart right now, and they've got so many ho holiday Valentine sweets. It's kind of makes me sick just thinking about it. But chocolate is a girl's best friend, right? Um, you can also be a guy's best friend, but just a way to to snack together, a way to have chocolate together, a way to celebrate together. Um, sending flowers, roses, things like that can also be really helpful. Valentine's Day can be really hard for some couples because um, they, they may have, one spouse may have expectations that, you know, you're gonna send me flowers and I would really appreciate that, yet it never happens. And so it can be a reminder of all those failed expectations or those failed times, those missed opportunities for connection. And so if you are one of those spouses or one of those partners who is really longing for their partner to um, send them flowers, send them chocolates, do something different. Be the creative one and, and ask for that, but be explicit in that. Your spouse or your partner cannot read your mind. And if that's something that you want, let them know. Uh, I used, I had a friend in college when I was first getting married to Brett and uh, she said that her, every, any time that she wanted flowers, she would set an empty vase in the middle of the table. And that empty vase, um, he would know that she wanted flowers and he would, would bring them home. Um, you know, at the time I thought, oh, that's kind of, I don't know, maybe a little needy. But I think it's a great way to communicate in that when you see an empty vase on the table when you're having your breakfast, if it's there, I would like flowers. You know, I, I like to be more forward and more explicit and ask for that need to be met so that there's more of an, uh, uh, an assurance that it's going to be met. And that certainly is the most helpful for nearly all couples. But if that, if I don't like asking or I don't wanna be the nagging wife or for whatever reason, I don't want to be explicit in, it's hard for me to communicate that explicit need, maybe doing something like that, like setting the empty vase on the table and communicating with my partner that what that empty face means. Um, so there, there are those traditional things that you can do as a couple of, of you know, sending flowers and chocolates and, and doing those sort of things as well. Uh, if you don't have a partner, if you are not in a romantic relationship, Valentine's Day is a fantastic way to just remind us to be kind to everybody around us. Show love and appreciation for those in your life that you are appreciating, that you are grateful for. Um, that, that, you know, it, whether it be teachers, whether it be neighbors, whether it be moms, whether it be dads, whether it be siblings, whatever phase of life that you're in, showing that appreciation and that gratitude for the people in our lives is really, really great. Think of it as another Thanksgiving day. What am I grateful for? And who am I grateful for? How do I show that specifically to that person? Um, and how can I be grateful for myself? We as individuals are so hard on ourselves. 
We have terrible self-critics, most of us, and when go unchecked, the self-critic can get pretty mean. So take Valentine's Day as a giving your critic the day off and saying, see you later to your critic and being loving to yourself. See what that does for your mental health. Um, other things you can do, you can also, so you can certainly spend it alone in a bathtub, um, you know, go to a spa and have a spa day for yourself. You can get your hair done, help yourself feel, you know, whatever refreshed. Um, that might be spending some time in the mountains or going for a hike or going for a swim or doing something that may be a little bit out of the ordinary for yourself to just give yourself that self-love. Um, like I mentioned, that critic is really, it's pretty hard for all of us. Most of us can be pretty easy or, or look at other people and see they're good. And a lot of us have a hard time being able to see the good within ourselves. And it takes practice um, in being able to do that. And Valentine's Day is a good reminder to be able to do that for yourself. How do I show love to myself, gratitude to myself? Um, one of the things I work a lot with with clients is particularly women clients is self-acceptance of their body, their body image, um, how their body is. And Valentine's Day is a great day to remind yourself that we have, our bodies are pretty awesome. It's amazing that without thinking, I can like do things like move my hands and talk and just, I, there's, our bodies are amazing, amazing things. And our legs can walk us from place to place and we can get up and we can, we can do just so many things. Our brains and our bodies are truly, truly magnificent. And if we can celebrate that, even just for a day, it doesn't have to be forever. doesn't have to be the way that we think forever, but it can be a start. And it can just give, like I said, give that self-critic a day off of thanks, but I got it today. You're taking a vacation for the day and I'm going to be nice to myself. Find ways to, you know, really increase that self, positive self-talk, that positive self-image, because we all, no one is perfect, and we all have our faults and flaws, and all of our good should be celebrated. Um, I often think of when we're talking about our, our strengths with ourselves and putting our critic kind of at ease. When you go to a job interview or when you go to a, when you're sitting in a review with uh, your boss or something, you know, they could say a hundred great things about you, but what's the one thing that you remember or the five things that you remember? Most likely you remember the negative things, the things that aren't great, the things that I can be improving, but I couldn't name more than one good thing that they said. And that can be really challenging when it comes to having a positive self-image, being there to support yourself. Um, and so I would encourage you that if you are single this Valentine's Day, that you take a moment, you take a day to maybe you send yourself flowers, maybe you send yourself chocolates, maybe you pick yourself up a little extra sweet on your way home from work. Maybe you give yourself a bubble bath. Maybe you um, take a little extra time. Maybe you go to bed early. Maybe you, you know, do something that you haven't done in a long time. Um, take a spa day. Those all things are those things that you can use to help give that self-love. But the best gift that you could give yourself on Valentine's Day is to talk more positively about yourself. 
your self-image and be supportive of yourself rather than tell yourself tear yourself down um so i want to talk a little bit switching gears just a little bit as to you know silly valentine's day do we really need a holiday like this you know all those single people out there that are just that hate the holiday that are annoyed by the holiday again can we sort of change our perspective and have that be as to how do I help myself love myself more? Um, not in a, again, not in like a narcissistic way or not in a uh, inflated self-love, but just how do I support and be a, a champion for myself a little bit more? Um, but then also, how do we pause? It, it, Valentine's Day really is a great way to pause. How do we do that in our coupleship? How, how do we make time for that? How do we do that? And how do we do that on a regular basis? Because thinking about the phases of life, the phases of a relationship, you know, you have the honeymoon phase where we're in love and we're infatuated with each other and we just like can't not touch each other and we're sitting on each other's laps and we're sitting close and we're touching and, you know, sometimes it's almost to other people too much, but it's so important to be able to be close and, and dance together and dance close and not physically dance, but just emotionally be close and connected and in different phases through uh, the, the couple's lifespan. You know, you go through the honeymoon phase and then you hit the, the school of hard knocks or children or parenting phase, and that is brutal. I mean, that brings out the worst side of each partner, and it just does, and it's, it, you go, you lose your patience and you see sides of your partner that you didn't know existed. You see sides of yourself that you never wanted anybody to see. You are pushed to your limits. They really do. Children have a beautiful way of highlighting a lot of our maybe not so great things about ourselves. And so being able to take pause during these moments, particularly the parenting moments that are really stressful, making time for your relationship to be reminded of why why you're even dating, why you even started dating, why you started down this marriage path, um, why we were attracted to each other. Going through that can really be, again, one of those bonding moments. We want to create and continue to create these bonding moments and experiences throughout your relationship. Um, and it doesn't have to be major things. It doesn't have to be you know, we go on a trip every year together. If you do, that's fantastic. Keep doing that. And it's a hugely helpful thing. But sometimes people just financially are not in a place to do that. Maybe it's a, you know, we take a night out away from the kids for a couple of hours. Maybe it's we go, you know, to the local hotel room and we are at the local hotel room for a night. Um, maybe it's, you know, we have our kids stay at our parents' house or we have someone come over and we go for a whole day. There are so many ways, but making time for your relationship really is important because it's those continued bonding experiences of connected and coming close and being together that really help sustain your relationship. Um, particularly in these, these phases of your relationship that are a little harder, like parenting. It seems like that's the last thing. We don't have time for that. There's so many demands on your plate. But when you get through the end of it, you still want to like your spouse. You don't want to be left thinking once you launch your last child out of the house, 
Do I even like my spouse? Do I even want to spend time with you? You don't want to be left thinking that. Lots of people are, and that's okay. They get through it. They change and adjust, and they find that they like each other, and they find things to do together, and that may be you, and that's okay. Um, but you can make yourself, you set yourself up for more success if you plan in these times where we turn towards each other, where we continue to connect, and we bond, and we heal, and we remind each other why we love each other and why we're doing this. Valentine's Day, again, is a, it's a double-edged sword. It's really great, and I love it because it's a great reminder to love yourself, love your partner, be grateful for the people who are in your life that are buoying you up, that are making you who you are, that are supportive to you, that keep pushing you to do your best and be your best self and be your best relationship and keep pushing you to that next level of your coupleship and, and how to be the best in your relationship. Um, I, I, Valentine's Day is that. It always has been that for me. And, and I hope that this, this podcast and some of these examples have given you something to think about, something, ways to celebrate, um, and ways that you could, could celebrate even if you aren't in a committed relationship. Um, again, thanks for listening to the podcast, The Puzzle of Us, from Cash Valley Counseling. I'm your host, Chelsea Peterson. We'll see you next time.